We've been in a series about stress. And the, the title of the series is Stress Enough is Enough. And I think about this being Palm Sunday and the, the uh, week that Jesus experienced. You can read all about it. Uh, but I think that this was, I think it would be safe to say that this week of Jesus' life from Sunday, Palm Sunday, through next Sunday in the resurrection, probably was the most stress-filled week of Jesus' life. He knew that he was going to the cross because he was God and he's all-knowing. Don't ever take that for granted that God is all-knowing. It's important that we know that he already knows. And he knew what was going to happen. And he even got to the point where in the garden where he prayed, he said, uh, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't know if you ever prayed that when you was going through a hard time. If it's possible, Lord, I'd just soon not do this. But then he said what's something that's very important. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus came to do the will of his father. That's part of the release of stress is that he knew that he was doing the will of the father. I think it's important. The last, uh, I appreciate all of the, uh, the points that we've made in, in recent Sundays about stress to know who you are. It's important for you to know who you are and for you to be you and to know who you want to please. And ultimately, uh, we'll never really have peace in our life unless we're, we know we want to please God. Because you can try to please some of the people some of the time, and you can try to please all the people all the time, but you never please all the people all the time. So it's, enough, it's important also to know what we want to accomplish, to, to, to have a plan for your life, and God's plan is always the best plan. I wait on you here. I say God's best. God's plan is always the best plan. <laughs> we can stay here all day if you want to. It's important to focus on one thing at a time. Uh, multitaskers seem to uh, gain more stress because you can't get everything done all the time if you're always trying to multitask. Uh, make a habit out of personal prayer. I appreciated Pastor Amber's message last night. Yeah, last week. We're so grateful to have Pastor Amber uh, and the message that she brings. Yeah, well, thank you for that. What a blessing. And to take time to rest, that, that God is all about rest, to get your job done, take a nap. Uh, today, I want to talk about giving your stress to God, and this, I think it's fitting the last week, uh, uh, the, the, the last point of the stress message is dedication, and how valuable it is to know what you're dedicated to, but even more importantly, who you're dedicated to. Uh, the, the dedication that Jesus had was, we talked about all of this throughout this, this message, but the, the, the last week of Jesus' life, there were some things that he said, and most of the things were on the cross, uh, that I think is very relevant today. And I'd like to share some of those with you, the seven sayings of Christ. You remember when uh, Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Have you ever had somebody in your life and they were just kind of being stupid and you had a chance, an opportunity to be offended or you could just say, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We could have this as an example for our lives because not everybody knows everything that you know. Forgive them. I'm so grateful for God's grace right there, aren't you? He said, they don't understand, but God's grace is sufficient when we don't get it. I'm thankful for that because there are a lot of times I just don't get it. Second thing was, today you shall be with me in paradise. Talking to the thief on the cross, he saw the repentant nature and the repentant words of the thief on the cross and he gave grace to the transgressor. The one who deserved to be on the cross, he took with him 
to heaven. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Isn't it great to know that God gives us eternal life when we don't deserve it? Third thing, woman, behold thy son. Behold thy mother. It just showed how important family was to Jesus. How important it was in one of the top ten. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you. Doesn't matter how old your mama or your daddy is. Still got to honor them. Even if they're not right. Even if they don't agree with you. Still got to honor them. Amen? The other one is... um, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus, talking to the Father, he says, my God, my God, why has experienced, Jesus experienced rejection when he didn't deserve it, but the reason that he experienced rejection and the reason that the Father forsook him was because he took on Randy Weaver's sin. He took on your sin. And God cannot look at sin with approval. And Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice because he took on the entire sins of the world. In that moment, God turned his back on his only son so that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He took rejection so you could have exception. So you could be accepted into the kingdom of God. Big stuff. The other words, he said, I thirst. It just shows Jesus' humanity that it wasn't, he wasn't just God up there faking it, that he didn't feel pain, he didn't have anxiety, he was thirsty. He says, I thirst. It just showed that that he was going through the suffering like we go through suffering. And when we suffer, we don't suffer alone. That he experienced the suffering so that we could have peace. Sometimes in the middle of our suffering that in every storm, in every rainstorm, there's always a rainbow behind a storm because there's always Jesus. Then he said, it is finished. Man, I like that. That's one of my core, core verses right there. It is finished. He didn't say, I didn't come to start something and not finish it. Anybody can start anything. Anybody can start a church. Anybody can start a business. Anybody can start a marriage. Anybody can start a family. Anybody can start anything because it don't take anything to start something. But very few people actually finish what they started. Jesus said, it is finished. Thank God that he finished what he started so we could come to Montgomery, Texas and have church. Sometimes in the arena on Easter Sunday and we sing up from the grave he arose with the mighty triumph for his foes. Why? Because he finished strong. And the last one is, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Oh, goodness. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit to trust and the confidence and the faith that Jesus had in the Father. I'm going to trust myself with you. Anybody with me so far? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like I can't, I don't get all this, I gotta, I gotta, I'm a, but I trust you. I know I'm going through some, I'm going to preach a sermon one day about uh, uh, death. Who needs it? We need it. In order for something to live, something's got to die. I'm going to preach about that. Unless a seed goes in the ground and dies, it can't come up and bring forth fruit. Unless you die to yourself, you can't live for him. Something, I'm not going to preach it today. (laughs) Something's got to die. 
dedication. Give your stress to Christ. There's always something to be stressed about if you look for it. You can always find something. It's kind of like being offended. If you want to be offended, you can always find something to be offended about. It's like the little boys in the backyard and <coughs> neighbor walked by, saw the little boy and walked in the yard and asked the little boy, says, little boy's crying and patting some dirt. He said, what are you doing? He's, the little boy said, well, I'm burying my goldfish. And the, the guy, neighbor goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that uh, your goldfish died. And he said, but that's an awful big hole for a goldfish. And the little boy patted a little bit more of that dirt. He said, he said why'd you dig such a big hole? And uh, the little boy says, well, the reason that hole's so big is because your cat's in there. <laughs> you can always find something to be stressed about. <laughs> Only Jesus can give you peace of mind. While some illnesses are normal, a normal part of life, it seems like millions are searching in vain for that elusive peace of mind just to calm their nerves. Stress-related illnesses are growing exponentially in our world today and, and, and also in societies all around the world. New drugs are invented every year to reduce hypertension and blood pressure. While some illnesses are part of a, a normal part of life, millions are searching, I would say in vain, for that elusive peace. But you and I know that Jesus said, I am your peace. I am. And when you have Jesus, you have peace. And there is no peace without the Jesus, without the Savior. So this, this morning, I'm going I'm to run through all these, but I want, you, you might want to take some notes. I always encourage everybody to take notes in church because you can't remember everything unless you've got a photogenic memory. Photographic memory, for those of you who didn't catch that. But write these down, take notes, uh, and you can go back and check them, or you can watch the sermon online again, because I think these are some very crucial key verses to peace in your life. And so this morning, I want to talk in this, this short time about the proven principles. I want to give you some proven principles for peace. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, everybody say Jesus said. He said, peace <clears throat> I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Did you know that the devil, the enemy of God and the enemy of us, he is a good mimic? You know what a mimic is, right? Somebody that mimics. <laughs> so what the devil does, he tries to make you think that he's talking for God or that he is God talking. And he's a good mimic. And if we're not careful, a lot of times we'll say, well, God said, and a lot of times it, it wasn't really God, it was just the mimic that said it. Um, Billy Graham, y'all remember him? <clears throat> they used to have gospel tracts. Anybody remember them? They're little pamphlets about But he said the most successful gospel track that they ever printed was how to have peace with God. Everybody wants peace. So I want to give you some principles, proven principles for peace. Number one, Jesus calls everyone. Aren't you glad that Jesus calls everyone? Like everyone. Like the people you don't like. The people you don't approve of. People you don't agree with. 
The people you have expectations of that don't fulfill them, he died for them too. Matthew 11. <laughs> I crack myself up sometimes. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So only those who come to Jesus and share in doing his will are given the peace that passes human understanding. You see, it is a peace that non-followers of Christ will ever possess. It's the reason they look at true born-again believers that live out the peace and the joy that God has for them. And they are in awe because they don't understand how you can have peace in the middle of the storm. So it's a little wonder that there are more angry, fearful, and dishonoring, discourteous people everywhere in our world today. As we become consistently involved in doing his will, his responsibilities transform us, our thinking, our emotions, our strength, take on more of his image. Remember, peace is a fruit of the control of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, it said, but the fruit of the Spirit is, everybody say love, say joy, say peace. Oh, that's the one we're talking about, isn't it? The fruit of the Spirit will bring peace. Everybody say patience. That was a little hard for some of y'all. Nobody, like, like uh, 15 said it. Everybody say patience. That didn't hurt, did it? Anybody need more, be more patient? Raise your hand, it'd be good for you. My name is Randy Weaver, I need to be more. Some of y'all, like, not admitting it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Say kindness. kindness. Goodness. Goodness. Gentleness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Self-control. Self Not control of... Y'all with me? We want to control everybody else in our life, but we don't control it. Number two, Jesus wants us to turn our minds to Philippians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 8, Whatever things are true, say true. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are good, report. Say good, report. This is important because too many times we want to dwell on the bad reports because that's all we get when we turn on the TV. It's bad reports, bad reports, because they get paid to stir you up, and Jesus comes to bring you peace. And many times, there's a battle going on for your peace, and we entertain anxiety more than we entertain peace because everybody thinks you'll come back and listen to them if they make you mad enough. It's true. true. Is there anything, if there's any virtue, there's, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think about these things. The question is, what do you meditate on? What consumes your thinking? Does past failures consume your thinking or does future opportunities consume your thinking? Do you always bring up past offenses, or do you have vision for your life and for the future? I have a horse, when I take him to, to Ropens, we all, we have to, you have to rent a stall, and in those stalls, it's, it's closed in, and, uh, and Hot Rod doesn't like to be by himself, and so he just just run, he just paces the, paces the stall, tears the stall up, and he's just miserable by himself. He don't like to be by himself. And, uh, 
it's, it's like his anxiety just skyrockets whenever you, you put him in that stall and he can't see his buddies. But the problem is, is like yesterday I went to the rope here at the church and I'm sitting by, standing by somebody sitting on their horse. I'm sitting on my horse. Hot Rod just reaches over and just bites that other horse. He does that all the time. He don't want to be by himself, but he can't get along with anybody either. <laughs> Consequently, you know what? When he's at my house, he's all by himself. I'm not going to turn him in with them other horses. And he don't like it, but I don't care. <laughs> he needs to learn to be. A, now, see, here's Jesus. Jesus spent time by himself. He went to solitary places and prayed and spent time. It's a good thing. We talked about that. That's part of bringing, what brings peace to you. But you weren't meant to live life alone. But in order to get along in life, you have to really care for other people and love other people the way that God loves them instead of biting them all the time. When we learn to see things from the Lord's perspective, we are able to see the rainbow behind every rainstorm. Number three, I need to keep moving. Jesus wants us to remember that loving service is followed with peaceful thoughts. Loving service, like serving others and serving God, brings peace to us. This goes contrary sometimes to the flesh. Isaiah 32, 17, it says, The fruit of righteousness, the fruit, in other words, the things that, that, that grow life, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of being in right standing with God, will be peace. The fruit is peace and the effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. I love to be around quiet, confident people. Humble, confident people. And then you have the other side of the spectrum. Just always never shutting up. And if you don't want to hear it, they just get louder. You with me? If you try, if you try to ignore them, they just talk louder. And it's just like, oh, Calgon, take me away. <laughs> Jesus brings quiet confidence. When we have peace, we don't have to raise our voices. I'm going to wait on everybody on that one. I said, when we have quiet confidence, we don't have to be yelling at people. All the people that don't like to be yelled at said. <laughs> it's good stuff, huh? Quiet confidence. Isaiah 32, 17. So no one can get peace if they're not willing to engage in consistent service for the Lord and his purpose. Jesus said, everybody say, Jesus said. He said, my food, my food, my sustenance, stay with me, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus said, I get my sustenance from being faithful to the reason that I was sent. He said, my food. And if you didn't know when we had communion, that little wafer. I was thinking about this when we was having communion. And I think about this all the time when we have communion, every time. Because when I, he said, this is my body, which was broken for, for you. And every time I put that wafer in my mouth, before I do it, I break it. And then I put it in my mouth, and my teeth breaks it up more. I'm the one that broke the body. But Jesus willingly, he said, nobody takes my life from me. I give it up willingly. He submitted to brokenness. 
And when we eat that wafer, we are admitting that we are the ones. You'll, you'll never take communion the same again, I hope. I hope every time you break that and every time you chew on that wafer, you'll understand that this is my body. And then Jesus comes along and he said, my food is to do the will of the Father. And so what should our food be? Not to be served, but to, but to serve. What are you hungry for? It's a good question, isn't it? Number four, I got to keep moving. Jesus wants us to remember that only the Lord's blessing can give peace. Nothing else but the Lord's blessing on our lives. And certainly not expectations of others. If you're trying to get peace from pleasing everybody else in your life, chances are real good. You may be barking up the wrong tree. Many people seek after things that can only temporarily bring peace of mind. David wrote this in Psalm 29, 11. He said, the Lord gives strength to his people. Everybody say his people. He gives strength to those who are his people. That's good stuff. Gives strength to his people and the Lord blesses his people with Peace, Psalm 29, 11. I love this song. Earth has no sorry, sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow. I don't know, some of y'all here today, you've experienced sorrow in recent months. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear that today. God wants to heal your sorrow. To look to him and your righteousness is in him because he is more than enough for every sorrow that we have on this earth and he will heal if we will just give it to him. People have no problem that God cannot solve. Number five, great peace is found in loving and obeying the scripture. Listen to this, you'll like this, I think. Psalm 119, 165, it says, great peace, great peace, not just peace, but great peace have they who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. Great peace have they who love. It doesn't say great peace have they who obey your law or those who practice your law, or those, by, those who live by your law. It didn't say that. It said those who love your law, because if we love the law of God, we will obey it. We will, uh, what did I say? We'll practice it. We'll live by it. We'll obey it. But it won't ever happen, y'all with me. It won't ever happen unless we love. Love is law. Because we don't do these things because we are regimented in the law of the law. We are regimented in the law of grace and the law of love that Jesus gave for us. And that's what brings peace to us. As we study the word of God, we know that it's all for us. It's good. Number six, same as number five, actually. Learn to read, hear, study, memorize, and meditate on the scripture to calm your mind when you are feeling anxious, bothered, or burdened. Isaiah wrote this in Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Not just peace, but perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts just like Jesus trusts the Father with his life because he trusts in you. When we trust in him, then we have perfect peace. Number seven, Jesus wants us to take up the full armor of God. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, 12, be strong. 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his, of his mighty power. <laughs> is there anybody here that, don't raise your hand, but is there anybody here that you, you, you work so hard at being strong physically that your spiritual strength gets left behind? You work so hard to get strong financially that your spiritual strength gets whole second fiddle to it. You work on relationships so strong that your spiritual self suffers from it. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you and take on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Against them when the devil mimics, you take your stand because you know the voice of the good shepherd. I'm going to talk a little about this next week. You know the voice of the good shepherd and you won't heed the voice of the stranger because you are so familiar with the shepherd's voice. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, and powers in this dark world. Without the full armor of God, we are vulnerable to the attacks of the evil one. Number eight, Jesus wants us to find peace in our hope. I like what Job said in Job eleven eighteen. He said, you will have courage because you will have hope. When you don't have courage, you don't have hope, you don't have courage, and you don't have courage if you don't have hope. You will take your time and rest in safety. <laughs> you ever have anybody in your life say, just take your time? Just take your time. Rest in safety. Oh, Pastor, you don't know. I'm so busy. I got so many things going on. I don't have time for a lot of things. And I, I like what you're preaching, but mm, mm. this morning, God is saying, take a deep breath. Take your time. Rest in the safety and the peace of God. Because that is what will bring uh, uh, death to your stress and death to the anxiety in your life. This trusting God business, it's a big deal. Trusting God, it's a big deal. Jesus did that while he was on the cross. Peaceful praise and thanksgiving enhances our hope. The last part of that verse in Job, it says, you will lie down unafraid and many will look to you for help. In other words, you go to bed, you won't be afraid of anything. And then when people see the peace of God in you and they see the stress gone in your life, they're going to look to you for help because you will have what they need. This world is looking for hope. And you have it. The world is looking for what you have. And the question is, do you have hope? Do you have what I'm talking about this morning because it's what's going to bring peace and confidence and uh, stressless life. Peace and thanksgiving enhances our hope and our rest. Praise him for all, for his attributes of peace. Uh, we will enjoy greater peace as we let his peace replace any negative thought, irrational assumptions. It's awful quiet. Irrational assumptions. There's some of them out there, you know. You know, there's a few irrational assumptions out there lingering for you to take and buy into. Anxious thoughts. Is there anybody here you just like be honest with me? And because here's here's a few years back, 
I got convicted, it's been several years that the Lord convicted me because when anybody would ask me a question about anything, my, the first thing that came to my mind was no. Oh, maybe let's strike a little match there. And, I, and I, I got convicted about that. Like when my kids were younger and they started asking a question, the first, my first response that I thought was no. And I got convicted about that because uh, it says that God's response is yes and amen. And that we have to be positive about uh, the, the authority that we have. We have to encourage people to grow in their uh, in their lives with our kids and with, with even with, with our parents to, to, to allow them in their walk with God to give them peace in the process because we want peace in the process and acceptance. Y'all with me? Acceptance of other people that you don't agree with or maybe other people that have expectations of you that are not real that you can't fulfill their expectations but you gotta love them anyway. I'll wait on you. So God convicted me that I needed to think more positively in my mind than I was thinking. Because God is a God of life. He is not a God of death. And if there's death, there has to be life that's a product of something dying to bring life. Even if you put a cat in the ground, it can grow a tree. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> it just came to me. Number nine, moving on. <laughs> Jesus wants us to remember the peace is given to us in the Holy Spirit as he's promised. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, and I just, I can't emphasize enough that it's important for us to take on scriptures and to memorize Memorize scriptures. And if you even, you might say, well, preacher, I just, I'm not good at memorizing scripture. Well, there's a lot of us that are that way. But if, even if you could just memorize one verse a month, at the end of the year, you would have 12 scriptures memorized. That's a lot. So I just encourage you, he says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And this verse came to me this past week. I was having some, some troubles, and I was, I was like, man, I, I, and I had some anxiety come, and this verse came to me out of the blue because it was in my heart. He said that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. And that ministered to me because I don't have to be afraid of it anything but I know that God has the power and if I can exhibit that love and if I can have a sound mind in any and every situation this verse becomes real to me and it brings me peace number 10 Jesus wants us to be a perfect everybody say perfect peace by focusing our attention on him and his example. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace, all those who trust in him and those whose thoughts are turned often to the Lord. Jesus wants us to remember that he is our good shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want he's going to take care of us. Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to close up with this. Again, I'm going to read it. Verse 28, come to me, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, he said, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Then he said this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. He said, I, no, aren't you thankful for this? I am gentle. I don't like to be around horses that aren't gentle. A friend of mine got bucked off this past week, and it hurts. But I like gentle horses. I don't like to live in trepidation and fear that I'm going to get bucked off. I'm a one-strike, you're-out guy. You bucked me off one time, you're out. Gentle. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will find rest for your soul. There is a farmer. <coughs> Y'all know what a yoke is, right? I, would, I should have brought one, but a yoke is what they put around oxen and, and they can, it comes around their neck, but it comes down into their shoulders where they can pull into that yoke. Horses do it too. They have, they have uh, yokes for horses and they can, they can, they, they can pull into that, into that yoke. And there was a farmer that was, he was farming, had a couple of oxen and he was farming and then the, his, his neighbor was driving by and his neighbor pulled over and started talking to him and the neighbor says, he looked at the oxen and one of the oxen was, was big and muscle strong. And the other oxen was much, much smaller than that other oxen. And the neighbor said, that young oxen must have a hard time keeping up with that big oxen. I don't see, it doesn't really look fair that you put that little oxen there with that big oxen. And the farmer said, you don't understand. He said, that big oxen is the one that's pulling the whole load. That other one is just in training. He's not really doing anything. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I was convicted by that story because I'm one of them guys that thinks I'm always doing something. I'm always getting things done and I'm a mover and a shaker and God can't have his kingdom without me because I'm just all that. And the reality is I'm just that little oxen thinking I'm doing all the pulling. Oh, oh. Y'all with me? And the, he, God's doing all the pulling. He's doing everything it is. And I'm showing up and I'm like, man, I'm just, look, look at all this stuff. Look at all I got done. Y'all with me? He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, I'm going to pull this load here. You can, you can, you can think that you got all this stuff figured out, that you're just, you're just all that and a box of chocolates. But you're just in training. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful because I don't have it all figured out. Even though sometimes I think I'm just, oh, it's too much. Oh, God, you just put too much on me. God's up there going, Randy, I'm doing the pulling here. You're just over there thinking you're doing it all. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for helping us. Thank you, Lord, for the peace. Thank you, Jesus, for your great example and for the, the weak, oh God, that you showed us as you walked through life on this Passover week. I pray, Lord, this week that you'd help us to keep our thoughts on you and that we would remember the, the great examples that you gave to us when you said all those words on the cross. I thank you, Lord, for everybody here. I thank you, Lord, that we are all in uh, different stages of life, different stages of our, our walk with you. And our, I pray, Lord, that you just help us to embrace this process of seeking and pursuing peace and seeking and pursuing you, O oh God. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to be content with our anxiety, but Lord, that we would look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before you, Lord, you endured the cross. You despised the shame because the shame had to do with my sins. The shame had to do with our sin. That's the part that you despised. But you looked ahead in time. You saw somebody in Montgomery, Texas. You saw somebody that's walking on, watching online, wherever they're at. You saw them ahead in time. And you said, I'm doing this for these people. And that's what brings the joy to me. Because nobody's going to understand love like I know it. And I love everybody. 
And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest, the greatest privilege, make no mistake, the greatest privilege of life, you living your life, me living my life, is knowing that I can accept Christ as my personal Savior, that I can come into his presence, that I have access to God, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that gave his life so that I could have eternal life. The greatest privilege is for us to have access to God. But God said this. He said, I'm going to knock at your heart story. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone open, I'll come in and be with him. One of the things that I respect the most about God is that he will never make you or me or anybody else serve him. It has to be a choice that we make in our lives. So he said uh, that all have sinned, all have come short of the glory of God, but if we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. This morning, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, you'd like to do that simply by raising your hand and say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Slip your hand up high, anybody. Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I need this peace that you're talking about, and I want God to be a part of my life and seek after him. Yep, thank you. Put your hand down. Thank you. Anybody else? You're serious about God. You're serious about serving God, and you want to make him the Lord of your life. Anybody else? Dear Lord, help us, Jesus. Anybody, anybody. It's the greatest privilege known to mankind. It's the greatest privilege. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Just wanted to raise your hand, man. Would you look up at me? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? I'd be honored to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass you, but man, I'd like to pray with you. Yeah, thank you. I'm so proud of you. Bless your heart. The greatest, the greatest privilege is knowing Jesus. And one of the things about my dad gave his heart to the Lord on Easter Sunday. I might talk about that next week, but you think about it. Where would I be if it wasn't for Easter Sunday, for Jesus? I'm so proud of you. Tell me your name. Sarah. Sarah, yeah. thank you so much. Can I pray with you? Yeah. Here's what the Bible says. It says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised you from the dead, we'll be saved. And that, that's, what, that's the way we invite Christ to come into our life. And from this day forward, we cry all the time. Don't feel bad about it. We're all a bunch of bald babies. We call it Cry Baby Church. But it's about his faithfulness to us. None of us deserve it. None of us do. But that's, that's grace. That's what he gave to that thief on the cross, and that's what he gives to us, me and you. So I want to pray with you, okay? Can you just repeat after me? Y'all help us pray. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to, I want to tell you a verse that just came to my mind while we was praying. It says, forgetting the things that are behind, I press on. I want to give you that word. Some things in your life just need to be forgotten. Just press on. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He'll be with you. Okay? Okay. I'm proud of you, Sarah. Listen, go visit with this lady for just a second. Thank you, Sarah. Bless you. Stand with me, please. Hey, we, we do a little deal on Thursday nights. I think we, we, we started just a week or two ago uh, praying before the men's and women's Bible studies, and it starts at 5.30, I think. Here in the sanctuary, it's, it's, not a, uh, it's, not, it's not nothing programmed or anything. We just come in and pray. We got music playing in the back. We don't have the band or anything. But if you all want to come and pray on Thursday nights, 
it's from 5.30 to 6.30 or 7. And uh, y'all just, and then we have the men's and Bible, women's Bible study that evening after that. But, but even if you just want to come spend, sometimes, I mean, I love that time. I love it just to come down and where there's no programs. You with me? And we just spend some time with Jesus. I just felt impressed to tell you that. And if you want to come, all right, just come on. So the hard question is, is how many of you just be honest and say, you just let, have let more anxiety and stress in your life than you know, you know God doesn't want it for you, but you know you got it. I, I got to raise my hand. I, I'm still learning this stuff. In fact, I'm going to raise both hands. Anybody with me need to raise both hands? Uh, and though you didn't raise your hand, you can raise your hands and pray for us that need prayer. <laughs> so, Lord, this morning we raise our hands and surrender to you, O oh God, knowing that, that we are still uh, a work in progress, that we're still under construction. Lord, forgive us for uh, not trusting you and, and, and lacking faith for our future and faith for things that we don't have the answers for. But, Lord, help us to understand that, that you are fighting our battle for us, O oh God and that you are pulling the load and that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. So help us, Lord, to be faithful to you in every area of our lives. And we will give you praise, we'll give you honor, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. amen. We love you. Hey, our prayer team's up here. If you need special prayer, if you'd like to come pray at the altars, they're sure welcome.